You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Aging Starts Now. I'm Deborah King, one of the elder care coordinators at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Today we are talking about red flags you may have noticed while visiting your parents around the holidays. Joining me today for the conversation is Dana Henschel. Dana serves as the firm's outreach coordinator, but she is also a PAC certified independent dementia trainer and a client of the firm. Welcome, Dana. Hi, Deborah. How are you today? Are you ready for the holidays? Well, I am trying to get there. Um, as as I age, and I think as holidays aren't maybe as fun as they used to be. Um, with my family getting older, I'm starting to kind of see the decline and I think that's why when we got together and thought about what our next podcast should be we thought what are some red flags and things to look for if you don't see your family often maybe you are out of town and the holidays are the only times that you see your family members kind of what to look for what changes you might notice and then what to do about that. Absolutely. Um, I hear that from a lot of our families that um, they might call every week or every day, but it's kind of easy to cover up what's going on if you're just doing a phone call or even a video call. So when you do get the chance to visit your family, if you're out of town or out of state, there are some things you should look for as your parents age and, and take note to of any major changes so you know one of the things you look at is um, when you go to their home whether it's a house apartment or condominium you know how is it kept you know are they keeping the housekeeping up Um, you know they may not be keeping up with some of the major repairs in that I know my mother-in-law always kept a list for us when we showed up of things we needed to do around the house that she couldn't manage herself but basic you know household you know are they still keeping the house as clean as they used to? I had a friend one time that said she always checked the bathtub because if there was dust in the bathtub, that meant mom probably wasn't bathing enough. What about you? Have you had any experience with that? So, yes. Um, my husband's in-laws used to live, or his parents, my in-laws, they uh, lived in St. Louis. And Christmas was always a fun time. His mom would bake cookies. We would have a big Christmas dinner. And we looked forward to it every year. Um, But with his parents living in St. Louis, we really only saw them at Christmas time. Spoke with them every Sunday, but laid eyes on them once a year. And the first thing that we noticed was weight loss. Oh. Um, Yes. 
so um, his mom in particular uh, had lost a lot of weight um, and also uh, cleanliness of, of herself. Uh-huh. Uh, the house was clean. Um, nothing was really out of place there, but uh, she looked like she hadn't really brushed her hair. Um, her clothes weren't as neat and tidy as they usually were. They were kind of, and also kind of really loose on her. Mm-hmm. Also noticed that, eh, she wore that shirt yesterday. Oh, she wore that shirt yesterday and the day before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so those were some of the red flags that we talked about um, on the way home. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the following year, uh, and, and, and we did wait. Um, it, it was the following year. That's when we noticed uh, the refrigerator is really kind of packed and it's really kind of nasty. There's old food in there. Um, expired food, crusty food. And, uh, there was resistance to us disposing of that food when we were there. So those were some major red flags. Also some other things that we noticed on that other visit were, you know, those are some scratches on the car. There's some dents on the fenders that, uh, you know, nobody knows how they got there. This is interesting. Um, so that is when we kind of had to have a little powwow with ourselves, amongst ourselves, as to how are we going to a- approach these changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and your mom was not really living alone. Her her husband, your your dad, was there too. But what was his take on it, or was he having health problems too? He was having health problems too, and they are both uh, fiercely or were fiercely independent people, very private people, and also I think when this is your normal, this is your day to day. And the changes are gradual. Mm-hmm. You don't notice these things. Mm-hmm. And and I think when people aren't around it day to day, and we just saw it once a year, um, it was shocking to us. Um, another little example is a personal story about my dad. Um, I saw him more than once a year, but it, it it is sporadic when I see him. And we went to dinner one evening a few years ago. And they mentioned, yeah, we we got lost coming here. It was strange. We didn't know how to get here. So it took us a little while to find the place. And I mm. thought, huh, my dad's lived in Nashville his entire life. He knows all the back streets. This has never been an issue. So I... I just kind of took note of that. And then at the end of dinner, he took out his ID, his driver's license to pay for the bill. And he had just gotten a new driver's license and he was checking. He's like, one of these is expired and I want to make sure that I hand the server the right one that I can pay. And I saw him examining 
two driver's license. And this, this is a red flag. And I didn't mention anything at the dinner, but I did call his spouse the next day. And I was just like, you know, I, I noticed that there were some, some things going on at dinner the other night. And she honestly didn't notice that. And I think it's because she too is in it every day. And I think sometimes you have to think about your parents normal because my dad has always been kind of flighty. He's always called people by the wrong names. He's always been forgetful. We always kind of jokingly called him the absent-minded professor. Mm -hmm. Um, But getting lost in your hometown and not knowing how to pay a restaurant check were not his normal. So, you just have to compare your parent against your parent. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and as you said, sometimes it is more apparent when you're not seeing them as frequently because it's the little things. And also, it depends on how long you're seeing them. I've encountered families where mom or dad could, quote, cover it up for 10, 15, 30 minutes or so, even for half a day. But when you're spending a holiday with them um, and there's all the distractions and the noise and different experiences other than the day-to-day, you can start seeing the the frazzledness or the the not putting two, two together. Um, and, and for children, it's important to be on the lookout for that because I'm sure like your parents and your relatives, they're going to deny a lot of it. Oh, you know, I, I just got a little confused that day or, you know, it was dark. I didn't, wasn't real sure where I was going or whatever. So, so they can make excuses for those small errors. And so um, I think sometimes it's important to be able to, you know, be able to discuss with them, you know, well, what really is going on here? Um, You know, we have some concerns from what we've seen. How do you take that next step to try and figure out what is going on? Right. And I think that it can start out really as not confrontational, but collaborative is the way you're going to get the best result. Mm -hmm. Uh, from that sit down. And I do think baby steps. Uh, So for us, we, we didn't know if they had any legal documents in order. We didn't know, was there a power of attorney? We didn't know where their phone bills and doctors, Mm -hmm. we didn't know who those people were, because they always took care of it. And we were in Tennessee and they were in St. Louis. Um, And, you know, there was also another family member and we thought, well, maybe she would take care of it. So we weren't really thinking too much about it. But I think if you can just take baby steps with the, you know, mom, dad, you know, we're all getting older. And maybe if you're married, just say, you know, my spouse and I, we're getting our stuff together, which made us think about your items. You know, do you have a power of attorney? If so, where is it? Where could we locate it in case there was an 
emergency. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who is your doctor just in case there is an emergency? Can you make sure that I have the authority to speak with your doctor, you know, and just start small, but those small things can be key when there is a crisis. Right, right. And, and when you see those things during the holiday, I'm sure that's part of the concern you had being in the business of taking care of elders is what if something happens? Right. What if something happens? Because, yes, we know that all of our phone calls um, are during crisis, typically. And it's really a disaster if they don't have the basic knowledge of who has power to act when my parent doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and to know to know what's going on, um, on I think we encounter a lot of families like yours that well, mom and dad have handled everything all these years and they're independent and tend to be pretty private. So they haven't shared where, what bank they use or what tax preparer they use, who their doctors are, what documents they have in place. And when you're in a crisis critical situation, that that just adds more stress to it. So in addition to con- talking with them in a, a collaborative manner, starting that conversation sooner rather than later. I'm sure many of our listeners are in various stages of this, but thinking about how do we approach our parents before we get in that situation of, hey, do you have this stored somewhere where if I needed to get to it, I could? Um, and how do how do I help you take care of things so we don't get into a critical incident? I often use those examples with my clients of, well, you know, we had this friend who had this situation. You've seen it on the commercials, and and so now we need to get our ducks in a row. We need to prepare and trying to help them see the value of that ahead of time how it benefits not only you as the potential caregiver, but also them so that they can get the best care and services that they need. Right. And the approach that we took um, with my in-laws, and it's the truth. If you want to stay in control, the only way to do that is to plan and to share. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's the only option because if you haven't planned and you haven't shared your wishes, when you can't speak for yourself, you know, you are not going to be in control and the people who are, are just going to have to guess at what you want. And nobody wants to be in that position. And I don't have a, a magic sentence or phrase because you don't know what kind of reaction you're going to get. I do know Mm -hmm. that with my in-laws, it was more tricky. Um, And we did end up waiting till there was a crisis. And Mm -hmm. that's the way that went down. Mm -hmm. Um, My, uh, my personal family, my, my other family, it so far, it's been very collaborative. Uh, We've been kind of ahead of it. And, and the, Everybody's been receptive to care and planning and support. So I've had kind of two different experiences. So it really just kind of depends on your situation. How did that change how you and your husband approach your planning? 
Well, we are, we have everything in the Takis McGinnis binder. <laughs> um, everything is detailed out. Um, having worked in assisted living prior to joining the firm, I'm also very detailed about if I become incapacitated, if I can't speak for myself, this is what quality of life means to me. And I have a very high, qual- high standard for quality of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's personal. You know, some people in my family, they're just like, if if you can keep me breathing, I want to keep breathing. You know, my mm-hmm. personally, mine is if I can't get up and walk around and, and do my stuff, let me go. <laughs> so, I, you know, mine is probably extreme, but um, but that's very personal and you have to have those conversations. And, and I think that just exemplifies there's a lot of facets to this kind of planning. It's not just having your legal documents in place. It's not just having your finances in place and that someone knows what you hold and where you hold it and how to access it, but also your personal care and your health. You know, what do I want done medically or not done medically? But also, how do I want to live the ends of my life? When am I going to leave the house? Where am I going to live if I leave the house? Am I going to go live with my kids or am I going to pick the assisted living I want to live in? And like you said, Having a plan, having those thoughts written down or even better discussed with the people that are going to help you with this um, allows you to have more control over what's going to happen either as you age and that decline is gradual or if something acute happens and it's out of your control. So I think, um, you know, again, a reminder to our families as they're visiting with their senior loved ones is to start the conversation. Let them know you love them and you're thankful and grateful for what they have provided and offered you. And you, but you recognize that that could change at any moment. And let's have the conversation. Yes, very good. Well, I know that we're both passionate about this subject and we could just go on and on and on. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to sign off for now. That's it for today's episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening. Take Us McGinnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com document downloads, the Tagus McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there, free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.